In the Arut system, click the Study Materials tab. Shamari 148, The Scrutiny of Bitter and Sweet, True and False. These are two important discernments. As it's clear to us, what is bitter and sweet and true and false? Bitter and sweet are discernments in the heart, and true and false are discernments in the brain. And other than those, you have nothing else. Where sweet should be truth and bitter should be false. And the true and false in the brain should be felt clearly. Let's see what he writes. Shamati 148, the scrutiny of bitter and sweet, true and false. There is a scrutiny of bitter and sweet, and there is a scrutiny of true and false. The scrutiny of true and false is in the mind, and the scrutiny of bitter and sweet is in the heart. This is why we must pay attention to the work in the heart, to be in the form of bestowal and not in the form of reception. By nature, only reception is sweet to man, and bestowal is bitter. And the work to turn reception to bestowal is called the work in the heart. In the mind, the work is of true and false. And for this, we need to work in faith, meaning have faith in the sages. This is so because the worker cannot clarify the matter of true and false to himself. If we can feel and sort out bitter and sweet, we cannot do it with true and false. We're very confused. We see it in our lives, in our path, and everything we've got. And that's why the main thing is to scrutinize as much as possible the scrutiny of bitter and sweet and true and false. In faith is a work through the connection in the ten. Then the reforming light comes and it is scrutinizing. The Creator is scrutinizing. It's saying since the, he cannot scrutinize, the worker cannot scrutinize the matter of tr- uh, true and false to him. And we need to try and scrutinize both. So what is he saying? That true and false is in the brain, in the mind. In the mind of a person, it gets scrutinized. And then we have to make as many scrutinies when we connect, we bestow, we give, we receive. And then from these scrutinies, it doesn't matter how many we do, we'll get more internal um, uh, collisions and harmonies as a result of these of the actions in the brain, and as a result, we'll scrutinize things. 
And that's what he says. Bitter and true and false themselves can only be scrutinized in the brain, not in the heart. So we have a problem here. We can detect a bitter and sweet by ourselves. Even if we make a mistake about them, nevertheless, we'll, we'll know how to scrutinize even in the opposite way. We have with what to scrutinize, we have the feeling for it, but with true and false work, will we take that feeling from? It can change, it can change for us. Yeah, each time. So what will we do? In the brain is the work of true and false, and for that we have to work with, in faith. Meaning, for true and false, we need to add another special quality called faith. Meaning, faith in the sages, because the worker cannot clarify the matter of the tr- of true and false. Meaning by asking to receive from the Creator the force of faith, then we can scrutinize uh, truth and false in each and everything. Whereas before that, we we couldn't do it. It could be bitter or sweet, but what is which one is true, which one is false? We won't be able to scrutinize before we ask the Creator, and the Creator is the one who does the scrutiny. In the end, only one thing we need to understand, we don't have any way of scrutinizing what is true and false, what is work in the brain. Rather, this is done by the Creator. We have all kinds of we don't have, I'm sorry, any flavors, any discernments. We have to acquire the upper light, and the upper light does the scrutiny. It's not such a good article, but he had, had to write more about it, but that's what he heard, and that's what he wrote down at the time. Still, from some experience we have, we understand that truth is bestowal. So, how to make the heart listen and follow the mind? The heart is in the hands of the Creator. The Creator holds all the hearts. And the heart is the will to receive, and the Creator holds it and changes it, it, it teaches it, educates it. We have no control over the heart. Through the mind, through the brain, we can come to mostly ask the Creator to correct our hearts, not more than that. So that's the work. There is work in the brain and work in the heart. What is he saying? True and false is in the brain and bitter and sweet is in the heart. Hence, we have to pay attention to the work in the heart. 
to be in bestowal and not in reception. And by nature, only reception is sweet to men, and bestowal is bitter. And the work to turn reception to bestowal is called the work in the heart. Will receive is in the heart. The, the brain is only to organize and arrange things in order to invert the heart. That's why he writes, in the mind, the work is of true and false. And for this, we need to work in faith. What does it mean? That I, when I receive for me, it's sweet. When I have to give or not receive for me, it's bitter. How to change those discernments to have an opposite feeling about them. That's why he says, for that, you need to work in faith. Meaning, to have faith in the sages, because the worker cannot clarify the matter for himself of true and false. He cannot. Bitter and sweet, we can feel. True and false, we cannot feel. We can always get confused. Eventually the upper light comes, working the ten, the upper light shines on it, and he gives us correct discernments, precise discernments, gradually until the correct attitude is constructed in us towards bitter and sweet. Can we also say that, Rob, sorry, uh, because in bestowal, I think there is no calculation. So, how can we depict true or false in bestowal? Because in bestowal, it feels like being drunk. And you're drunk, you don't know anything, you are zero, but you're happy. It's uh, how to relate this thing, how to depict true and false in bestowal. We are making calculations in bestowal also in our wills to receive because we are a will to receive and from the will to receive we bestow. Hence we have no problem to measure, to weigh our desires and to compare how much we bestow from time to time. But calculation isn't able to receive. Not in vessels of bestowal. There is no will to bestow, uh, nothing in the world to bestow. You're right, only in the world to receive. But in my will to receive, I can weigh exactly how much I'm bestowing. It's, it's like it's the same currency, the same money, except before I counted it for myself, and now I, by that I give to you. We always build the next degree from calculation of the past degree. So we always have to go two degrees lower to go one degree upper. You 
You can say that. In truth, I just need to go down only one degree to work with a greater coarseness compared to before. Then I rise to a higher degree. You speak beautifully. Should we demand that the pleasure we receive be for France? If so, how do I check if I receive pleasure for the France? You measure everything in your vessels. As much as you connect the friends to you, and you receive into the will to receive that is now getting clarified in you, that is now added to you, this means that you are receiving for the friends. There are no friends outside of you. As much as you can connect them to you and receive, that's the that means that you are receiving for them. They are not outside of you somewhere. True and false. How do we determine the different states? Should I say the false and to see the truth or you don't have to lie. True and false doesn't mean that you have to lie. It's your senses, your egoistic desire is lying to you, and you have to catch it. You have to be above it. No. No, we cannot do any scrutiny with bitter and sweet. It was a scrutiny in the Garden of Eden before the shattering. Now you can't do it. Now it's only with true and false. So the scrutiny needs to be in both mind and heart. It's not just in a single quality. Correct. Let's go next. The next one. Next article. This is Shamati 155. The, cl- the cleanness of the body. The cleanness of, a, of the body indicates to the cleanness of the mind. The cleanness of the mind is called truth, where, there, where no falsehood is involved. And not everyone is equal in that, as some are partially meticulous. But the cleanness of the body is not so important to preserve, since the dirt that we so loathe is because dirt is considered harmful, and we should keep it from harm. Hence, with the body, it is not so important to be meticulous, since it will finally be cancelled, even if we watch over it with all kinds of cares. But with 
The soul, which is eternal, it is worthwhile to be meticulous with all kinds of cares, to avoid any kind of dirt, since any dirt is considered harmful. Clear, yeah. You have the body, you have the soul. We're not talking about our body and the soul as we think about it. It's the will to receive and the will to bestow. To pay attention to the will to bestow and be meticulous about it as much as possible. All kinds of meticulous movements, conditions, possibilities. Whereas with the will to receive, we don't have to attain it and scrutinize it. But only work by pushing it, stopping it, restricting it. So it turns out that with all the possibilities, we care about the cleanness of the will to bestow, making sure it's it's that according to quantity and quality, and the will to receive as much as as possible, as yourself. This is the meaning of one mitzvah that the Tanah speaks of when he says performing one mitzvah sentences oneself and the entire world to the side of merit. It's very difficult to understand what the entire world has to do with this. We should not force an explanation that it is when one is half unworthy and half worthy. And the whole world is half unworthy and half worthy. For if we say so, we are missing the whole point. Moreover, the whole world is full of Gentiles and tyrants. So how can he see that they are half unworthy and half worthy? He can see about himself that he is half unworthy and half worthy but not that the entire world is such. Furthermore, the text should have at least stated the whole of Israel. Why did the Tana add the entire world here? Are we guarantors for the nations of the world to add them to our account of good deeds? We must understand that our sages spoke only of the practical part of the Torah, which brings the world and the Torah to the desired goal. Therefore, when they are, when they say one mitzvah, they certainly mean a practical mitzvah. This is certainly, as Hillel says, meaning love your friends yourself. It is by this mitzvah alone that one attains the real goal, which is dvekut with the Creator. Thus you find that this, with this one mitzvah, one observes the entire goal and purpose. Now there is no question about the mitzvot between man and the Creator, because the practical ones among them have the same purpose of cleansing the body. The last point of which is to love your friend as yourself, after which immediately comes the dvikut. 
As long as we begin and not stay neutral until we reach our goal. Don't get lost in the details, don't get into all kinds of philosophizing, don't leave the straight road to the goal. Rather, if there are things that are not complete yet, we have to understand that the path is like a tree, and if we didn't conclude something, now it'll get addressed later. Don't worry, everything will be added up and complete one another. And our work is only in being drawn through different forms in every moment to keep love your friend as yourself, and from that to reach to a new love, love the Lord your God. We talked about it, we learned about it, we read it many times. Nevertheless, you see that in every opportunity, Baal writes about it and he doesn't let us doesn't let us uh, run away from it. There are no questions, right? Is there no graduality? He writes here about the the closest ones, Israel, the world, etc. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, he writes it in other pl- about it in other places. There is a gradient here, but it changes the way society changes, social connections, change connection between people, between nations, bestowal, and so on and so forth. Everything changes, and accordingly we need to ensure that we are moving from the connection between us to a state where the Creator fills the connection between us and in this He is revealed and He connects us Should we understand that all of reality outside of us is in balance and we are the only ones out of balance? Other than us, I don't even think there is anything. Anything, everything that appears to us is what the upper providence projects for us on the outside according to our state on the inside, how we are incorporated on the inside. That's what we see on the outside. It's what we also learned from the perception of reality. He writes about it in the uh, forward to the book of Zohar. So, how can a person judge the whole world to a scale of merit? To the extent that he corrects his attitude to the world, justifies the world, justifies the Creator, he connects the Creator to the world, and this way he justifies the world. Meaning, when he justifies, the whole world is in justification. 
Yes, yes, relative to him. He doesn't know, he, he can't tell what happens to others. In total, we are seeing our will to receive. Everything that's outside of us is our will to receive that exists inside of us. But it's presented to us in such a way that it appears that, 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 that is everything that appears before us. And so we gradually get to know it. We ascribe ourselves to it and all that's left is the will to receive, man's will to receive and the creator. And later even that kind of close Okay, Headline and to adhere to him. There still remains room to ask if the whole purpose of the Torah and all of creation is but to raise the base humanity to become worthy of that wonderful sublimity and to adhere to him. He should have created us with that sublimity to begin with instead of troubling us with the labor of creation and the Torah and mitzvot. So the question is, why do we need what the Creator gave us, created for us? Why do we have to attain this with our sweat, with our labor, a lot of work over uh, over decades of our lifetime of our lives and thousands of lifetimes uh, in the middle to die and be reborn in throughout these incarnations why do we have to labor so much we have to give ourselves dedicate our lives in order to reach the goal that he has, has set up for us if he's given us a, a goal, then at least let us advance towards it comfortably. Or maybe we already put us in the goal already. We could explain this with the words of our sages, one who eats that which is not his is afraid to look at his face. This means that anyone who feeds on the labor of others is afraid afraid or ashamed to look at his own form, for his form is inhuman. Because no deficiency comes from his wholeness, he has prepared for us this work so we may enjoy the labor of our own hands. This is why he created creation in this base form. The work in Torah and Mitzvot lifts us from the baseness of creation, and through it we achieve our sublimity by ourselves. Then we do not feel the delight and pleasure that comes to us from His generous hand as a gift, but as the owners of that pleasure. Rega. Ah, вот он тут пишет Бальсулам о 
тиранах, которых много в мире, и что их тоже нужно оправдывать, и то, что от Творца только благо исходит. Бальцарам writes here that only good comes from the Creator, and we have to justify him in all his actions, but we see that it's very difficult to justify some tyrants and so on. Now, you said that you don't see bad in the world. All you see in the world is good, but when you speak that way, you mean that you transcend the, the evil, that, that, that it's great work, like Varasulam writes. How to work on this every day? how to, as if, use all of the, the tyrants in the world in order to advance. You're correct. It's very hard to justify everything that's happening in the world. It's on the one hand. On the other hand, we, in order to see this true form, we also need to understand that all of it is happening in us, in us. And to the extent that we correct ourselves, we will see, we'll also see this projection from our internality onto the outside, and we'll see the corrected world. What we see outside of us is our internality. We understand everything, everything you see, suffer, all of it is happening inside each and every one, in general, in groups of people, and all over the world. We project these things from within us to the outside, and that's what we are seeing. So it turns out that a person is fighting with himself. And in such a corporeal way, very slow, very painful, he is correcting himself, although he could have created this evil differently. In thought, as it's written, everything will be clarified in the thought. And that is the problem that we're, people still do not understand and are not capable of accepting this. I mean, the, the evil that I see outside of me, it's a sign that this evil is actually taking place inside of me, and I have to correct it wherever it, wherever it, is, wherever it is inside of me until it disappears outside of me, and then outside of me I see only the upper light that fills all of reality. We've got no choice, we have to gradually come to accept it and correct our, our view of reality. Look what, what Kabbalists are writing in many places. Also wanted to ask, to what extent should we do we need to scrutinize the, the evil, these tough scrutinies? How much do we 
engage with that to understand what's happening in the world, or we should just touch upon that and immediately turn to the Creator. When you start scrutinizing, it's unclear whether it can take us to some negative places. There's a rule, love covers all transgressions. As much as we wish to cover all the crimes, all those things, with corrections, with closeness, with love, to that extent we are making corrections and great corrections in all of reality. There's no other way to correct the evil except by revealing the good. And if we don't reveal the good, then the evil is revealed by the evil more and more. Then the wars keep going. What can you do? Rav, proprio questa risposta che hai dato a Kiev 3 è il motivo per cui il Bore ha creato il mondo tale pazzezza? The answer you just gave to Kiev 3 is that the reason the Creator created the world in such, such lowness? The Creator created the world in a quality that is opposite to Him. So from a thing and its opposite, the created beings will be able to attain him fully. Okay, PT6. Rav, when I look at the world, there's two, two things. There's the friends around me and the sun, the, the, the moon, and so on. There's my attitude to them. What is my will to receive? These facts, or my attitude to them, or two, both things? There are no facts. It's what the will to receive determines. So, by drawing the reforming light, we have to make it so that all of our initial conditions will be corrected. All these initial conditions come to us from the shattering of Adam Rishon, and that is why we have to draw the reforming light over them. And then all these beginnings of, of, of our qualities will change and we will see the true world, not through the distortion of our broken will to receive, but in the will to bestow, that was corrected in us by the reforming light. What exactly am I drawing the light that reforms? For the picture of reality or over your corrupt qualities. And they are all corrupt because you are a product of the shattering, like all of us. How do I identify the bad 
within me before it, it as if appears outside of me. You detect the bad when you wish to connect with the friends and then all the disturbances that appear, that's your bad, your evil. How do I make the correction in the thought before it appears on the outside? Try it. Try to do it. If you can't do it, start with the actions. But you have to do it. Otherwise you won't know what kind of bad you have in you and how how to work with it. And Araf, what я наблюдаю за собой, я вижу, что у меня нет I look at my own behavior and I notice that there's no drop of concern for being in a will to receive for itself. I can't understand how how is it possible to understand that the will to receive for yourself is really the, the evil? If you could see how much you lose by being an egoist, then you, you would have wanted to get rid of your ego very much. But in truth, you can't see it, you can't feel it. So what do you have to do? That's to draw the reforming light and for it to influence us and to give us the feeling of how distant we are from the good source. And then we will want to reach that good source and we'll feel how we can approach the good source only if our ego stays out of the way, if it gets annulled, cancelled, or if it wants to pull us to the good, if, if it can be inverted. That's how we advance. He writes here in the second to last paragraph that the last degree of cleansing the body is to love your friend as yourself. And right after comes dvakut. What, what dvakut are we talking about here? Adhesion between us and the friends and within that adhesion between all of us and the Creator. What is adhesion with the Creator through the friend? That together with the friends, when each one annuls his uh, self and uh, adheres to the friends, and if we're incorporated with the friends, we, by that we establish this quality that can include in it uh, the Creator. This quality is a mutual bestowal that we arrange between us. 
Ну, не очень. Как это взаимная отдача, как она включается? It's not clear how this mutual bestowal, how does it include the creator in it? It's the same quality, the quality of bestowal. If I bestow to everyone, to the others, to the ten, then by that I equate myself with the Creator. As much as I come out of myself toward the friends, the more I approach the Creator. I feel Him more. I become more equal to Him. Give free. Спасибо за возможность уточнить. Вот когда происходит такое, что сначала вот я смотрю на десятку, там на мировое кли, все. At first I look at the ten or the world кли, and everything looks okay. Then suddenly, то есть картина портится. И вот то, о чем мы говорили, видеть. All kinds of broken, weird pictures, uh, phenomena begin to appear when I, what I see on the outside is actually inside of me. So the question is, until I see that it's in me, it usually takes time and work and scrutinies and different prayers and efforts to come out of this state. Sometimes it takes less time, sometimes more. So I want to ask, what happens here that sometimes it takes less time and sometimes more. It all depends on the upper light and how it appears over us. When it does, we have to simply agree that it appears in the right time. Because the upper degree includes the degree you're in, the lower degree, and it knows how to take care of you. Ну, как это зависит от моих усилий и вот именно еще от моих усилий и от того, насколько я рассмотрел глубоко cleansing means. With the aforesaid, we understand that man is born a wild ass's cult, completely immersed in the filth and baseness of self-reception and self-love, without any spark of love for one's fellow person and bestow. In that state, one is at the farthest point from the root, when one grows and is educated in Torah and Mitzvot, defined only by the aim to bring contentment to one's maker, and not at all for self-love, one comes to the degree of bestowal upon one's fellow person through the natural remedy in the study of Torah and Mitzvot Lishma, that the giver of the Torah knows as our sages said, I have created the evil inclination, I have created for it the spice of the Torah as a spice. 
By this, the creature develops in the degrees of the, of the above-said sublimity until one loses any form of self-love and self-reception and one's every attribute is to bestow or to receive in order to bestow. Our sages said about this, the mitzvot were given only in order to cleanse people with. And then one adheres to one's root, to the extent of the word. My friend is asking, how can I internalize what Baalaslam wrote in this article? One more, once more, please. Think about it more and, and talk with the friends and you will see the extent in which you feel with what's happening, the internality of the things the force that's operating, the light that's working, and that's how it will be closer and closer for you. And you'll gradually start entering these actions yourself. We need to invest more in this, more forces, more interest, more thoughts. And the main thing is together with several other friends in the ten. And then you'll see how you're coming closer. You're nearing between you and you're nearing to understand the flow of, rea- of reality. The force that's operating in reality and the extent in which it operates upon you. Thank you all. Good morning. Something I don't understand is if the root my root is in the Creator, and I only receive from Him. So why should I be ashamed of receiving from Him? Why should you be ashamed to receive from Him? If you receive from Him in order to grow, then you're not ashamed. If you will receive from Him in order to be opposite the Creator, then you won't receive. That is how the system is arranged. Children in our world are not ashamed to receive from their parents because they grow to be like their parents. This does not breach the process of correction. No, no. And yes, yes. The Creator will always be greater than me. So, what's the question? If He's always greater, so I'll always be smaller, and I'll always feel that it's okay to receive from Him, no? No. Why are you receiving it for? He is giving you everything you need in order to live in this world. 
Now there comes the question, what are you taking it for and growing for? If you're taking it in order to exist corporeally, then that is called it's not, it's not too much or too little. It's the, in the necessities for, for existing. But if you're making calculations that you want to grow from this and to, to acquire the upper world and something else, then you won't receive a thing. You won't receive. Because there, in order to come to the actions like the Creator, to see, to know the upper system, that's called to be in the upper world. You can do so on, only under the condition that you're performing actions in accordance with the upper world. And they are actions of bestowal. Yes. And how does the principal work of coming from Lolishma to Lishma? Through the upper influences where the light bestows more and more, I tr- attempt to do actions against my egoistic desire. By that, I awaken the l- upper light to bestow upon me. It bestows upon me and corrects in me the qualities of bestowal by which I want even more to be in actions that are above my ego. And this way we work together. I, through carrying out acts of bestowal, even though they're not real against my desire, and the upper light that then bestows upon me and shines on these actions which are above my egoistic desire. And this is how we work. It seems that it's very active, that if a person doesn't activate this education, it doesn't work on him? No, he operates in a very prolonged way, in a very weak way. It all depends on the person. Therefore, if a person is incorporated in a society that awakens him, then he truly hastens his development. Could I look at the path in a way that the first part of it takes place in Lishma for his sake? Sorry, the first one, Lo Lishma, the second for Lishma. Yes, yes, those two parts are there, even though the first part in which I suffer from not receiving, cannot receive, is the smaller, shorter part. And in order to receive that a person is still in this world, in the attainment of this world. And after that comes the second stage in which a person enters into actions of bestowal and then already receives forces and abilities that are spiritual and begins to perform actions with the forces of bestowal. 
Об этом еще мы, когда дарование Торы изучали, там тоже об этом, что когда выподобляется корню... Если это все во мне... When I see all kinds of egoistic expressions through the friend, but if it's in me and I'm suffering from it, therefore you don't see. Therefore you don't see that they're in you. Because this brings you suffering. And therefore, to begin with, you don't want to see this in you. But in others, yes. But in me, no. Even though we learn and many times hear that the whole world that we see outside of us is a reflection of what we are within us. But we only hear that. No more than that. Because we don't want to feel it really inside because it's it truly embitters our heart. But we still were animals and through suffering the Creator is working on us. And even if I'm in Lishma, I run from suffering. But the participation on our behalf is demanded so that we will get wiser, understand, for us to feel, for us to somewhat go together with the Creator, at least 1%, 2%, 10%, 20% together with Him. Gradually. Last question, I want to... This point, the transition takes place. That's what always happens when it seems to me that my problems, that in my, that there's something else but the Creator. So how to strengthen, how to ask for that from the Creator? Here we really need to perform a daily scrutiny criticism on it daily to see if it's something that appears to me that's outside of me it is all in me and therefore I need to ask the creator to give me the correct observation the correct discernments and the strength to correct these things since only due to the ego I see that which is outside of me Yes? And not in me, not myself. Because I don't want to see anything bad inside of me. But if I were to see this bad and how it's inside of me, then certainly I will want with all my might to exit this bad, to, to take it away from me. Where are we? Title, Two Parts to the Torah, Between Man and the Creator and Between Man and Man. Please. Even if we see that there are two parts to the Torah, the first, the commandments between man and the Creator, the second, the mitzvot, the commandments between man and man, they are both one and the same thing. This means that the practice of them and the desired goal from them are one. Lishma, 
for his sake. It makes no difference if one works for one's friend or for the Creator. Since it is engraved in the created being at birth that anything that comes from another appears empty and unreal. Because of this, we are compelled to begin in Lolishma, as Nachmanadi said, our sages said, one should always engage in Torah, even if Lolishma, not for his sake, since from Lolishma he comes to Lishma. Therefore, when teaching the young, the women, and the uneducated, they are taught to work out of fear and to receive reward until they accumulate knowledge and gain wisdom. They are told that secret bit by bit and accustomed to that matter with ease until they attain him and know him and serve him out of love. Thus, when one completes one's work in love of others and bestow upon others through the final point, one also compels one's love for the Creator and bestow upon the Creator. And there is no difference between the two. For anything that is outside one's body, meaning outside one's self's interest, is judged equally, either to bestow upon one's friend or to bestow contentment upon one's maker. This is what Hillel Hanasi assumed, that love your friend as yourself is the ultimate goal in the practice as it is the clear, the clearest nature and form of man. We should not be mistaken about actions since they are set before his eyes. He knows that if he puts the needs of his friend before his own needs, then he is in the quality of bestowal. For this reason, he does not define the goal as, and you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. For indeed, they are one and the same, since he should also love his friend with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his might as this is the meaning of the words as yourself. He certainly loves himself with all his heart and soul and might, and with the Creator he may deceive oneself, but with his friend it is always spread out before his eyes. Yes, dear Rav, I just want to ask about what you answered to If you see someone guilty of your suffering, you have to cover with love. That's what I heard from you. But if I know you and the organization, I see people, true people that always relate to others in a certain way. 
So what are we covering with love? Something that's happening in the ten? Certainly we cannot yet relate to the whole world with absolute love. To embrace, to hug the whole world, because the whole world is not ready for it. Therefore we're doing this in the ten, well, between tens, could be. But no more than that. No more than that. Slowly, slowly, this will spread also in the whole world. There are still several stages that the world has to go through in order to be ready to receive this idea that connection between everyone is a necessary thing that we must attain. What promises that the transition will take place from wanting reward to bestowing contentment to our Maker? How can we promise that the light that reforms will affect us by us connecting ourselves and then the upper light bestows upon us according to our connection? are asking how to correct inside me what I see in the others. That which you see in the others is actually something you're seeing inside of you and correct it only through love. Where despite what you're seeing in them and repulses you from them, you need to try and be in connection in mirroring towards them. And that's how you correct it. What's the connection between prayer and the correction of evil we see in the world? (laughs) If we pray... If we pray for the bad to be corrected, then by that we and we appeal to the Creator this way for Him to correct the evil. This operates the most powerfully. It's the most beneficial. And then the Creator corrects the evil and in such a way we correct also the bad, also the bad in us and also the bad in the whole world and our attitude towards the Creator our connection between us meaning everything gets corrected through the prayer where we ask to correct the bad that's in all of the world that which we see because the whole world is actually me seeing my kli my vessel so this is how we come to correction. About that point they're asking from Kavgaz is seeing all the evil inside me and not in the world, is it a talent or is it a quality the Creator gives you? 
It's not a quality. It's something that we need to develop. It's No one sees it and says, oh, it's happening in me. Rather, we need to try and to get to it. And to see that all that I see, I see my qualities. And everything that's outside of me, I'm seeing as a reflection of me, a copy of me. And therefore, that's how I need to relate to reality. You may... Moscow 18. If only the Creator has the control over my heart. So it means that all the attempts to turn to the Creator are from the mind. So how can I turn to the Creator with prayer from our mutual heart? No, we need to understand that the Creator sorts us, arranges us, spins us, and really wants closeness from our behalf, from our side, and he's working with us behind the scene, and he's pushing us and making it so that we will be in such relations and those kinds of relations between us, but eventually from the connection between us to come closer to him. And 14 in Moscow 8. From what dirt should we protect our soul? What cleansing are we speaking about? We mostly need to be cautious from indifference for us to want. It doesn't matter what we will want as long as our desire will constantly grow. And correct, incorrect, as it's written, a righteous will fall a thousand times and rise again. The main thing is the advancement in all kinds of states. And this is how we will come to corrections. I just want to add, don't worry, one way or another we will reach the corrections. Anyway, we're all advancing. The main thing is not to fall from this train that we're traveling on to the end of correction. And a little more and a little more, we get to states in which you will start to feel these things in practice. If you start feeling it now, it's not good because it will stop you. You will start to think how... You'll start to think how you're advancing this way or that way, more or less, until our vessels will at least be somewhat in order to bestow, somewhat in the form of the group, where we will care together for advancement. Then we will begin to feel spiritual discernments. Words of the Ari, chapter 11, explains the expansion of the light of Insof to make vessels in four phases of coarseness by describing the organs of man, which are Einaim, eyes, Ozen, ear, Chotem, nose, Pe, mouth. The more refined is more important. Einaim, our phase one, Ozen, 
phase two, Chotem phase three, Pe phase four. Item one. There is no form of description and attainment in Ein Sof whatsoever. And in order to create the world, he drew many expansions to be roots and origins for the world of Atzilut. Item 1. It is known that the Ein Sof is completely formless. When he came to think of the creation of the world by the order of the emanation, he began to extend from it the expansion of many lights to become roots and origins to the Atsilut that would be emanated afterwards. The sand back down. When a Kabbalist attains the world of Atsilut, he rises immediately from his degree to the world of Atsilut or through other worlds? Of course, through the worlds of Bia, with the worlds of Bia. Just to the world of Atsilut, he can't just rise. He, according to his structure and the screens he has, he's in the worlds of Bia and afterwards causes through his work that the world he's in, let's say the world of Bria, that the world of Bria will ascend to Tzilut. Or there's an awakening from above, as we say that the light comes from above and raises his world with it together to Tzilut. We'll learn about it and try to cause it. That, that is how we will feel. Good morning, Rav. He's talking here about the four foundations. Why Keter, or the tip of Yud, is not included in these four? It's the Yesod, but not one that's revealed. It's not revealed. There's wind, fire, um, uh, earth, and it's Chokhmah, Bina, Zaranpin, and Malchut, and the root. So what's its role? It, it awakens everything, it sustains everything, it makes everything. But everything it happens is revealed in them, even though it comes from the Ketel. Item 3. There is vapor and ruach in Achab, where each one is greater than the other. In Ozen, there is a little vapor. It is stronger in the Chotem, and it is greatest in the Peh. Vapor means reflected light. So there is expansion through Malchut from above downward. And where the Malchut stands, and according to that, it raises the vapor, the reflected light. So as much as the screens are lower, the vapor has to be stronger. So that's how he explains it here in the example, just like we feel it. Please. Item 3. 
the organs of the oznaim, of the ears, certainly have a fine ruach inside them. The proof of it is that when one thoroughly blocks one's ear with one's finger, one feels as though there is a great sound inside them. Try it. Put a finger in your ear and you'll feel that in there, not your nose, your ear, and you'll feel that in your ear, there's like uh, something's caught in there, like a wind. That's what he's saying. It's an example to what's happening in spirituality. Yeah. It feels as though there's a great sound inside them. This is because of the ruach accumulated in it, which seeks to come out but cannot. The next organ in degree is the Chotem. The Ruach that comes out of it is sensed more than what comes out of the Ozem. The next organ in degree is the Peh. For the strongest vapor and Ruach of all comes out of it. So what's he saying? That it's an example of what we have in direct and in reflected light, that in these organs, the ear, the nose and mouth, there's like an inner wind inside them. And in that way, we can supposedly reveal him in our world. So in spirituality, we'll discover how it also expands. Next. Let's keep going. Item 7. The expansion of the light to make vessels, which is a look, comes from the Enaim, being light of Chokhmah and not from the Achap. Meaning that the true light is the light of Chokhmah. That with it, we can make vessels. But the lights that are less from Chokhmah, you can't make vessels out of them. Why? Because we know that from the coarseness, one, two, three, root, one, two, there's no strong reflected light. You can't make vessels. You can't really receive in order to bestow, but only resist reception. Next. Item 7. Since this sight was extended from the Enaim, which are higher than the Ozen, Chotem and Peh, therefore that sight alone had sufficient power to create and make the vessels, and their vapor itself was not needed. It is not so in the Ozen, Chotem and Peh, which are lower. That is because their very vapor itself had to expand to make the and emanate the above-mentioned phases. And nothing real came out of them except by the power of the vapor itself. The last one here. Item 8. The three vapors became the vessels to nefesh, ruach, neshama. 
Item 8. However, since the phase of the Ayn was not actual vapor, but only sight, therefore only vessels were made of it. However, in the Ozen, Chotem and Peh, which could not even make vessels without the actual vapor, but since it is actual vapor, they became nefesh, ruach, neshama. Yeah. So, if we're working with the vessels of Malchut Zeranpin and Bina, so we actually can't still really stabilize the real vessels. We don't have enough coarseness of root one and two. And only if we ascend higher in our coarseness to three and four, that's where there's already enough of a big wall to receive. And if we work above that, we can establish big reflected light. And then by that, we can receive in order to be still. We read here from all of these uh, items different kinds of vessels, Oz and Chotempe, and different kinds of Hevel, of reflected light. And here Balasulam says, and perception of reality is built on this vapor, on this Hevel. What does that mean, that the Oz Jose, the reflected light, to the extent that we have reflected light called vapor. You remember? Like it's written, Hevel Havalim Akol Evel. Hevel is vapor. What does that mean? That everything is accepted in the reflected light. And only according to that, we can see things. Just like you can't feel waves in your brain, or in your forehead, or waves you have in your eyes. But only in your ear, as he says, if you close your ear, or in your nose and in your mouth. So that's why everything depends on reflected light. And the reflected light depends on the coarseness, what we have in our vessels. So root one, two, three, four. So two, three, and four has sufficient coarseness. That's why they can give a great reflected light. That's what he's speaking about here. Uh, okay. You said this expression, people got different meanings from it. If you take the whole Bible, all the books that the Kabbalists wrote in all faiths and religions, you see that nobody understands what is written there, because everything that is written is, was written by Kabbalists from what they attained. And whoever reads them 
isn't ready for this. That's why he doesn't understand what he's reading about. Instead of the language of branches, he's reading a corporeal language. What can you do? That's how all of humanity is. But soon they'll all start understanding and feeling and learning. It'll be very quick that people will receive a new mind, new spirit. They'll start feeling that they belong to this, that it's easy for them. It's close to them. You'll see. You'll need to be the teachers of that generation. What? Actually, according to what I understood, there was no possibility for a person to reach the completion of his creation because he wasn't given it. To begin with, the expansion of light, they were without the letter of Chokmah. Is that correct? Was that the shattering that was meant to be even before it was created? No. First, the Patsuf of Adam was only in the light of Chassadim, in the coarseness of one, two, root one and two. Then, when it pulled its Ola, as it's written, that he wanted to receive in order to bestow in the coarseness of three and four, then by that, he actually sinned. Till then, he existed without a sin. He had nothing. He was complete righteous in heaven, in the quality of Bina. That's called Ganeden, heaven. And he existed in that, in Katanut, smallness. But if it wants to reach the coarseness of three and four and use it, that's called that he entered the coupling with Eve, Chava, and that caused the sin. Because these vessels of three and four, he didn't have a screen in order to bestow on them. So it turned out that he sinned, he received in order to receive. That's why he shattered the Patsuf, just like in the world of Nikudim. And smashed and broke into many pieces and that's all of humanity till today. Meaning he didn't receive the potential to perform the correction of creation to begin with because he didn't receive the light of Chokhmah that can work with the screen and do reflected light. He didn't have he received everything just in a shattered way that he pulled in all of phase four and wanted to receive in it in order to bestow, meaning he pulled all the light of Ein Sof to enter his phase four. And then that whole vessel blew up. The lights departed from all of its discernments all of its phases. And the vessel shattered. And what we need to correct are those vessels because we're all parts of it. 
All of these vessels are the souls of all humans from here till Gumaltikun. Why should there be nine friends instead of one friend besides me? Is it because it's hard to get the light? Why to have nine friends? Friends, you mean? And not one friend. It's in order to have more or to be easier to attain the wholeness of the vessel. We gain a lot by connecting to ten, because by this we resemble the structure of the spiritual world. And you see that still there is some kind of limitation, some kind of resemblance between the ear, the nose, the mouth, reflected light, direct light. We'll soon we'll talk about hands and legs, all these organs, how they're connected and what's happening in them. That is very complex and it's worth being in some kind of of resemblance to the upper world on one hand. On the other hand, obviously, as it's written, the multitude of the many is two, so it's enough to have two friends to keep all the spiritual discernments, but it's much more difficult than having more than two. Well, that's how it happens to us. How should we 